G'day everyone, I'm Jimmy Rayner and this is the Think Mental Podcast. Welcome back to episode five of the Think Mental Podcast, where we simplify mental health and encourage conversation. I'm really excited to have this episode out today. It's a little bit different of a, an episode where I'm not interviewing someone. I'm actually talking to you guys directly as myself and just talking about a story that's really close to my heart that actually is really relevant to this podcast. It is a podcast episode about my mental health story. It's a, as I said, really important one to myself. It sets up the foundation of why I do this podcast, where it's come from. And not only is it to show what, why I'm doing Think Mental, but also to give you an understanding of what mental health can look like, how it can make you feel. And if you are experiencing yourself and these bring up emotions that maybe make you feel uncomfortable, take a pause, come back and try uh, listening into it in little bit increments. But I really hope that this episode and this story of mine can help at least one person just feel like they are not alone, but also know that it can get better. Um, we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to have complete non-mental health, if you want to call it that. But this episode is a really good, I guess, testament to the work I've done, the work that I've got, I guess, the help I've got from people. And I want to show everyone that, that, that you can get better. Um, but I want to show everyone that you can get better and it, and it will get better. Thank you so much for listening to my story. I hope you like it. I hope you get something out of it. And I always will encourage if you feel like you need to ask a question about my story, you need to ask a question about your current story, or you just want to let something out off your chest and have it in a sort of a confidential manner. I am happy to receive any messages on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, email, if you like, whatever you want. And I will either reply if you want me to, or I'll just have a read and, and appreciate the the conversation that you've, I guess, put through to me. So thank you again and hopefully enjoy. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the story. It's, I guess we'll start as a young kid. I was pretty energetic, quite sporty. I'd say really sporty. And I had this knack of wanting to be the class clown. I never thought that I'd ever be the type of guy to have depression or anxiety or panic attacks, whatever it might be. But, you know, looking back at my young life, I had a pretty sheltered life. I was had a great family, two sisters, mum and dad that loved each other. A really good upbringing, no, I guess, really bad financial worries. Not that I, I guess I'd know, but I lived a pretty good stereotypical life. Uh, I had the identity of a, I guess, future sports person. I really wanted that to be my thing. I was really, really driven to be that person. 
I never, ever wanted to lose. I never wanted to be, get beaten in a sport. I thought I would always just be great at everything. And, you know, I lived that life for a while from, you know, let's say four to 18, especially in my younger years. I, you know, I won all the awards. I won, got all the accolades. I was moving over from WA, an AFL state. I, yeah, I was just that guy. I was the WA guy that played good football and everyone knew me as that guy. And slowly but surely, people got bigger. People got taller, faster, more athletic than I was. And to be honest, I, I, I've always been short, but that that wasn't the main thing. I think everyone just got older and caught up. And... To be, to be frank, I, I worked my ass off I, in, in football specifically. I, from the age of four to 18, I barely drank alcohol, which obviously it's not allowed anyway. And I never really ate junk food if I didn't have to. Up until the age of 18, I worked my fucking ass off. And, and I wanted that. And I didn't care. I did not care about the sacrifice because I loved football. I loved being the sports guy. I loved being known as Jimmy, the AFL guy. And and to to that point, I always was going, I always had in my head that I was going to be a footy player. That was my identity. I loved footy. I wanted to be that guy for my family, but for myself as well, because I thought it was cool. I thought I would earn money kicking a footy around. But long story short, you get to the age of 17, the draft year comes and all that hard work, all that expectation on you that you put on yourself, but up from, from others, that sacrifice you make it comes to that period of time where everyone is getting phone calls from clubs or phone calls from managers and all that pressure of conversation. The players are talking to you, your, your, your mates saying, who have you had anyone talk to you? You know, all that pressure is coming onto you to say, if you are not getting A, then you are not B, which is, I guess, an AFL superstar or you're a perspective draftee. So all those thoughts start creeping in of doubt. Oh, shit. Uh, I haven't been talked to by an AFL club. Sorry, mate. No, I'm not. No, I don't, I, no, I don't have a manager yet. Oh, have you? how many goals have you kicked in this state comp? No, I don't know. All those feelings are, are pretty rough because it's the first time you've ever felt this self-doubt uh, for a lot of people. So when it came to the draft night, I didn't get picked up. I never got talked to by a club. So you can imagine coming from a player or a person that all through his juniors was the best of the, best of the crop or one of the best of the crop, not in a cocky way. That was just it's literally just how it ended up. And I was very fortunate to, to have really good coaches and everything like that to, to guide me in that direction. Going from that to not even get one phone call about from a club. Um, look, and I've played with and against some current AFL premiership players and captains and all that kind of stuff. So you get that inkling, okay, I'm there and thereabouts. For it to not happen, it brought me down a notch. It really did. I went from I have an identity to who the fuck am I? And 
where it led to was a couple of years of just not giving uh, an F because what had happened is I lost my, my direction. I lost my cause for motivation and now I was just Jimmy. I wasn't Jimmy the footy player. I wasn't Jimmy the athlete. I wasn't Jimmy the superstar small forward or anything like that. I was just, I was just Jimmy. And from that came a lot of self-doubt, a lot of sadness, a lot of hate towards myself. And what then happened was I, I guess, became, put, I put myself into revenge mode. Not in the sense that I wanted to show everyone wrong that I deserved to be in the AFL because that probably would have been the best decision. What I did, though, was I wanted to get, I guess, revenge on missing out on drinking a lot with my mates and partying a lot with my mates and missing out on all those experiences that, I guess, athletes to be miss out on. I went hard, really, really hard. Specifically in 2017, I did my ACL and... <clears throat> and it just wasn't where I wanted to be. So did my ACL and I saw that as an absolute blessing. I was not crying. I was not upset. I was stoked to have a year off to go. I've got a license to just do whatever the fuck I want. And in hindsight, that was probably the worst attitude to ever have, but I did it. I went hard, earned back what I missed and what entailed was a really shit body. I gained 13 kilos. I was 90, 90 kilos as a 169 centimeter dude, which is just cooked. Um, and from there, I battled my way back to, in rehab. Went from, yeah, I'll work hard now, lose a few kilos. No, I won't. And back and forth, back and forth, and nothing happening, nothing working. And I just... I got to a point where I just wasn't good. My, I walked around with a fuzzy mind. I was lethargic, tired, pissed off, reactive. I was pretending to be this person to everybody else that I thought they needed me to be, the, at that point, funny fat guy or the enthusiastic fat dude or, or not fat overweight, I guess, and continue to try and be who everyone wanted me to be. But behind closed doors with my parents and my sisters, I was a dick. I was sad. I was tired. Didn't want to do anything. Didn't want to engage in conversation. I wasn't myself. And it just sort of went, hit me like a ton of bricks. And it felt like I had two 50 kilo weight plates on my chest all the time. And it just wasn't fun to be me. And the biggest turning point and the moment that I went, this is not good, is I woke up one day and I genuinely was disappointed that I woke up. I didn't feel like I could do it again. Not that I didn't want to be alive. It was more, I'm so tired of being this person that 
I just, oh, I'm so disappointed that I have to go through it again because it was hard work pretending to be okay when you're not. It's hard work trying to show to your friends, I'm the party guy, I can have fun. Oh, look at me, I'm so fun and have I'm so happy, look at me. If you look at my Instagram from when I was feeling like shit, I bet you it looks normal. I bet you there's nothing wrong with what's going on there. But then you look back on it and you think, holy shit, I was in the worst state of my life. So when I woke up like this, I sat down with my parents and my sisters and my dog, Holly. And I just, I went and said, I think I have depression and I really need help. I, I can't do this anymore. And there was obviously tears, hugs, everything. But that was the moment where it went from, and this is how I describe mental health and why getting help helps, obviously. But I had those 50 kilo weight pace on my chest for a good year. I was trying to carry around that mental health 50 kilo weight plate on my chest. Try to do it myself. I couldn't. I couldn't. I told my family that I was struggling and it went from me carrying these 50 kilo weight plates around to my mom, my dad, my sisters to, to then they can come over and go, Hey, let me help you with that. They grabbed those 50 kilo weight plates and said, Hey, let's lift this together. Mental health became this thing where I had to leave my ego at the door. I had to throw my ego away to decide that I'm never going to feel like this again. And if I do, I can tackle it. So I left my ego at the door. I decided from that point that I would ask for help. I couldn't afford to go to a psychologist. They're way too expensive as a kid. So I asked, I looked around, I researched and I went to Headspace the free, free um, resource that we have to just talk to someone for the first time ever that wasn't obviously my family. And that started that chain of, okay, help or asking for help actually kind of helps and works, go figure. But just like the weight plates, it's almost like you've got this boulder in front of you and you're trying to push it up this hill. And no one can push a boulder up a hill by themselves. But every time you say, I'm not going great and I'm not doing well, or I need some guidance or some help, or I just need to talk to you, to someone, it's like that person is coming next to you and going, hey, lift your hand off. I've got, I've got, I can help you. So that's, that's the story of sort of that depression cycle that, has now been lifted. I never feel anxious. I mean, I've never feel depressed since. I haven't once ever gone, I hate my life so much that I don't want to be existing since addressing it and, and pushing forward and, and trying to get better. Yeah, I've had one, one or two moments where I've gone off some tablets to try different things and the calm down is pretty rough, but that's fake. That's it's your brain reacting to some chemicals that have changed with, within a few um, weeks. And I knew that, so that's fine. Um, 
But where my story continues is not the depression. My story continues where I started full-time work for the first time ever. I was playing footy, so I couldn't work that often. Did uni, obviously, so I couldn't work that often. And then I finally had my first-time job in recruitment, which is for anyone that hasn't done recruitment, it's highly stressful. It's highly, it's almost like Wall Street for, for finding candidates, really. And that, for me, naturally would be okay, but, you know, because I am a conversationalist, I like having discussions with people. But it just took its toll on me. I didn't like the work. But on top of that, I had some, you know, girl issues that everyone has. And over time, I just felt this, like, anxious feeling of being unsure about myself, about what I was doing with my life. Again, that feeling had come up. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was working one day and I was stressed and not doing well at work. And I felt I was on the phone to someone, a candidate, and she was talking and asked me a question. And as I was talking, I just stopped. I, I couldn't speak. My heart was racing. I was hot. I was sweating. I thought I was going to faint. My legs were weak. They were shaking. And I realized I was having a, I'm having a panic attack here. So I had to hang up the phone mid-conversation run to the bathroom. I felt so hot in my body that I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do anything. So I stripped off and I was fully naked in the work change rooms, jumped in a cold shower. And at this point I was wearing a suit. So I'd take a suit off. I was in a shower, fully nude. I'm so fucking terrified because I had no idea what was happening. I thought I was having a heart attack. And this, and I thought, oh, maybe that's just a one-off. And I finally felt a bit better. Chuck's to Chuck. I actually went home sick. And over time, this kept happening. And and then I started getting this fear of ang- fear of anxiety. So I'd get anxious about being anxious. And and I've been since 2018 learning how to fight, or not so much fight, but manage anxiety. And no one. Not many people know that, I guess, about me too much because everyone that I've talked to or the podcast I've been on before, I've only really talked about the depression about it, everything. But who I am now is, is someone that goes through panic disorder. I'll be sitting at a restaurant and if I haven't had good sleep, if I'm hungover, which I'm doing my best now to not be that often, if I you know, haven't been exercising, I've been eating poorly, or just out of nowhere, I have to, maybe I have too much coffee as well, but out of nowhere sometimes it just happens where I might be at a restaurant, it's loud, it's crowded, it's hot, there's not much aircon going on, and I get that feeling back like, oh, shit, this is how I felt last time when I get anxious. Um, or it just comes out of nowhere. I will be happy and then all of a sudden I feel like I'm going to pass out. I feel like I'm going to, you know, my legs are going to fall beneath themselves. There's all these feelings that I need to just fucking sprint out of a room. And I manage that internally, internally a lot all the time. Now I've gotten to a point where I, I just am okay with who I am and I'm getting 
to the point where things are okay. I'm doing okay for myself. I know my boundaries. I know my limitations. I know that if I do potentially have to, I guess, enjoy myself with my mates for a, a really important birthday or my footy team or whatever it might be, which is managed better now, then I know that I can't do anything on a Sunday because even if I don't get you know, blackout drunk, I just don't think alcohol agrees with me. So it's the same thing with anything that you go through in life. If you're a diabetic, you know that you have to put your insulin. If you have an allergic reaction to things, you don't fucking eat that shit. So my story is still going and I'm still learning and I'm still getting there with everything. But I want people to know that I'm okay. And that's where it can be really promising for a young kid that it might be listening to this to go right now, Jimmy, I don't give a rats about your story because you're, you're okay now you're there. But what about me? I'm here and I'm still going through it. But my story is still going. It's never going to stop going and I don't expect it to ever stop. And I'm okay with that because I learned, I'm learning how to be me and not let this anxiety or depression ruin me because I know that Jimmy is Jimmy. And the identity I used to have as just one thing is no longer important. My identity now is Jimmy Rayner, James Rayner, the son, the brother, hopefully the father eventually, the, the friend. And I, I want that legacy or that person I am today to be the best version of myself. So I've stopped judging myself for who I was or what I was or who I used to be. And just, I just, I am me. I'm okay with that. And all panic disorder or panic attacks or depression aside, I'm an okay guy. And I want this podcast to show that you can be not, you can have all these things going on in your life that are perceptually bad or negative and still be an okay person. So I, I, that's pretty much, so that's the end of my story really, uh, or the, where I'm up to now. I play football still. I work in HR, believe it or not, dealing with people all over the country. You know, I'm in the leadership group for footy. I, you know, have this podcast. Life's not bad at all. So to anyone listening that's going through some shit, just know that you are okay. And asking or telling someone about your mental health is not about proving that you are weak. It is about proving that you are strong enough to say, I need some help lifting this 50 kilo weight off my fucking chest, please. So I hope this helped someone. I hope this gave you some insight into who I am and why I do th think mental. I'm not in it for money. It'd be great to earn some money from it, but I'm not in it for that. I want people to just feel okay with the fact that having a conversation is okay. It's not, you know, forget about your ego. 
having a conversation is okay. So please reach out to me if you ever have a question via email, thinkmentalaustralia at gmail.com, Instagram is, and Facebook and LinkedIn, all thinkmentalaus, and Twitter as well as thinkmentalcapitala. Please reach out at any point, even just to say, g'day, this is my story. Um, I might even, you know, if you really want me to, I'm happy to do a showcase episode where I just mention people's story and read them out or even get you on the podcast yourself and just talk about your story. I think it's a really good platform to start that. And if you are feeling like you really need some desperate help, please please reach out to the Lifeline number um, and please, please reach out because thanks again to everyone who listened today. I really appreciate it. As I said, it's something really close to my heart, but uh, we've only got more to come. I've got a really exciting couple of guests coming up in the next few weeks. Um, A guy that I used to play footy with actually, who uh, went through some really tough times himself and has come out the other side to prove that resilience resilience is important and we've got some really um really good big things coming so thanks again and have a great week